We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com. This is Lakers Nation Live. The Lakers fall to the Minnesota Timberwolves. No LeBron James. Big problem. They lose 118 to 111. Frank, I'll be honest, I think it was actually closer than I expected it to be. But nonetheless, some familiar issues reared their ugly head during this game that we certainly need to talk about. Lots to get into. If you haven't done so yet, Check out our channel membership program. You can click that join button. We're going to do a members-only video, in fact, tomorrow to give members an opportunity to jump on the show, join everything. That's going to be a lot of fun. So click that join button. You can check out the membership program that we are offering. You can see the different tiers and the different perks that you can uh, get here on this channel. But podcast listeners, if you wouldn't mind giving us a five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts, another great way to help out the show Let's talk about this one. Again, Lakers ultimately fall 118 to 111. I advocated for when it was official, LeBron was going to be out. I advocated for the Lakers to rest Anthony Davis as well. So you're not beating the Wolves without LeBron, even though the Wolves are also on the second night of a back-to-back, which helped the Wolves in a, in a tough game last night against the 76ers that they lost the Lakers in a game that they made difficult against the Chicago Bulls. Let's face it, Chicago shot very, very well, giving them credit, but the Lakers didn't get the job done there. Now comes second night of back-to-back to Minnesota. This was the game that when we looked ahead to this week, we said this is the game that you're just not winning. Second night of a back-to-back in Minnesota. Chalk it up as a scheduled loss. And frankly, I thought the Lakers, they were better than I expected them to be. They competed. They were right there. They had opportunities. They had moments where it looked like they might even win. They pulled ahead at one point. It was short-lived. It was like 30 seconds where they had the lead. But nonetheless, it looked like maybe they'd really give the Wolves a, a, a shot here, maybe even steal a win. Anthony Davis, who again I thought should have sat after turning his ankle last night. Now he puts up 31, 8, and 4 with three blocks. 11 to 20 shooting, 8 of 9 at the free throw line, even hit a three. Rui Hachimura steps in, starts for LeBron James, 7 for 12, 2 of 5 from deep. Two of six from the free throw line. Rui, how do you shoot better from three than the free throw line? That can't happen, but he still had a pretty solid game. Five boards, did have a couple of turnovers, but again, 18 points. D'Angelo Russell woke up, maybe a little too little, too late. Most of his buckets came at the end of the game in what was effectively garbage time, but still 17 points, eight assists, two steals, three blocks, three blocks for D'Lo, and then 20 points. For Austin Reeves with seven boards and five assists. I almost wonder, uh, was this the end of the game there? Was this just about trying to break D'Lo out of his slump? Because I, for the life of me, can't understand why Austin Reeves played 27 minutes and D'Lo played 38. D'Angelo Russell's been slumping badly over the last couple of weeks. Why on earth would D'Lo, who again did not shoot officially, 7 for 19, get more minutes than Austin. Well, that just made no sense. Now, it's not like Austin was in foul trouble or anything, but again, maybe late in the game, Darvin Ham figured, well, we're probably losing this one anyway. D'Lo, go get up a bunch of shots and let's see if we can shoot you out of this slump that you've been in. Maybe. 
And he did hit some shots late. Hopefully that makes an impact. Because the next game's a tough one too. This Lakers schedule, it is brutal this month. Now they've got to take on Oklahoma City in Oklahoma City on Saturday. Um, I think we saw in this game, and I'm going to get to the chat in just a moment. Welcome in, by the way, everybody who's coming in from Facebook, from Twitter, from YouTube. Welcome in to all of you who are throwing questions and comments in. But I think the there's two ways to look at this. One way to look at it is they did better than we expected. I expected a blowout loss in this game without LeBron James going up against the number one team in the West right now. That didn't happen. The Lakers were right there. They were right there throughout the night. The Wolves didn't run away with this thing. That's what I was afraid. So this is going to be a blowout. This is going to be a massacre. That didn't happen. Okay, so there's something. But on the flip side, no LeBron, and that's important context, but we saw some familiar issues. In fact, we saw these issues last night against the Bulls. We saw these issues a few nights ago against the Knicks. What are those issues, you may ask? The Lakers' inability to execute on both ends of the floor late in games. They're not getting stops when they need them, and they're not scoring when they need to. Again, D'Lo went on a little scoring burst late. That made this game maybe a little bit closer than it actually was. But down the stretch, when the Lakers really need stops, they're not getting them. Jalen Brunson was scoring on them. Julius Randle was scoring on them. Alex Caruso was scoring on them. Kobe White was scoring on them. They were giving up points. DeMar DeRozan was scoring on them. Tonight, it was Carl Anthony Towns is scoring. Anthony Edwards is scoring. They're not getting the stops that they need late for a team who is really built around their defense. That's the best part about this team is their defense. They are not getting stops late in games right now. It's not happening. And because they're constantly playing from behind, part of that is because their offense has been so bad, that derails any kind of a comeback effort. Because even if the Lakers offense starts to click and starts to get a few buckets in the fourth quarter, and you know that's not going to last long, you don't make up enough ground because you're giving back all those points on the other end. And again, this Lakers defense overall over the course of the season has been good, but this is now during this slump that they're in, the post-in-season tournament slump, this is becoming a consistent theme. When they need stops, they do not get them. They don't. And on the offensive end, even when the Lakers start to go on a heater and it feels like they're in a rhythm and they go on a nice little run, you know that run is going to break faster than the opponents does, right? They're typically giving back those points on the other end, but even when they get a couple of buckets to go, you know it's simply not going to last. They're going to go through a three, four-minute dry spell where they just don't score the basketball. They're simply not efficient enough scoring the ball, and that has been a consistent problem over the course of the season. That's why their offensive rating, last I looked, it was 24th. It's probably worse than that now. That's been a big problem for them this season. Their offense has been horrific. Again, they are simply not scoring efficiently enough. But now, on top of not scoring efficiently enough, they're also not getting stops. And so you combine those two things, and that's how you get a losing streak when you're bad on both ends of the floor. And it's particularly in crunch time that it's noticeable. Now, of course, we put everything under a magnifying glass during crunch time, but the Lakers are struggling to get stops that they badly need and then not getting buckets when they have to. Got to solve those things. And the two things are interconnected. If you're scoring, that puts your defense in a better spot in terms of getting set up. And if you're defending well, that gives your offense a better chance to attack a defense that isn't set. Offense and defense are very interconnected. But the Lakers have been bad at both, especially in crunch time lately. And I haven't pulled up the advanced stats to see what it's at. I'm just talking about by the eye test. It's felt like over this slump. Every time the Lakers need to stop or they need to string together a few stops, they can't seem to do it. Every time the Lakers need to come down and really execute on offense and get a couple of good shots to drop, can't seem to do it. They just can't quite get over the hump. That was the feeling against the Knicks, against the Bulls. Now again, against the Wolves. All right, let me get into some of your questions and comments. Face reality, said Palenka, push the panic button now or no play it. What does push the panic button mean? What does that mean? 
What are you doing if you're pushing the panic button right now? Because nobody's ready to make a trade right now. The only trades that are out there right now are trades where if the Lakers did it, it would be torches and pitchforks outside of Crypto.com Arena. Those are the deals that are out there right now. The, the Danny Age wants five picks for Lowry Market, and those are the deals that are out right before Christmas. We get into January, teams start to get a little more serious. As the trade deadline gets closer, teams get more serious. Prices get more realistic. So if it's push the panic button now, and that's a trade, well, as Anthony Davis said last night, Cavalry's not coming. Help is not on the way for these Lakers. It's not. They've got a relatively healthy team. Obviously, LeBron didn't play in this one. Gabe Vincent didn't play, but that's the second night of a back-to-back thing. They've got a relatively healthy team. Now they've got to dig their own way out before the front office will have a chance to do anything on the trade front. We're probably looking at a month before realistically the Lakers can get a deal done. It may be more. Again, the trade deadline's February 8th. It may be more than that. So push the panic button now. I don't know that that does anything or changes anything. Unless, unless of course, you want to go to the extreme and move on from Darvin Ham, which I shouldn't have even said it because I know a lot of you are going to say fire him. But that's really the only thing the Lakers could, in theory, do right now. Aside from, you know, you could go sign a free agent, I suppose, to the 15th roster spot. Otherwise, there's not... There's not moves to be made in terms of a panic right now. Winning is going to have to come from within. Trey Rubes said, get Darvin Sham, D'Angelo, and cardboard cutout Jackson Hayes off my team. We need another fan protest outside of crypto. Is this frustrating? Yes. Does it suck? Absolutely. Absolutely. Is it infuriating? I'm sure some things have been thrown, right? I'm sure that's happened. Probably screens have been broken over the last couple of weeks. This Lakers team has not been fun to watch. But is this, it's time to go have a protest out in front of crypto? I think we're, we're going a little too far there. Sometimes we get a little too wrapped up. We, we can be prisoners in the moment, right? We get too wrapped up in it. I hope that's mostly... An exaggeration or being a little hyperbolic there. But that said, Darvin Ham, is there reason to criticize him? Absolutely. For sure. There's things you can look at and say, Darvin needs to be doing X, Y, and Z better. No question. D'Angelo. Oh my goodness. Talk about a slump. He's been awful. He picked it up late in this game. I hope that's a sign. I hope that's going to carry over to the next game. And the confidence is going to come back. You know, one observation I had was it seems like the moments where Delo is having success is moments where he doesn't have a split second to think, where he just has to react. We're late in the game. Put the damn ball up, right? He has no choice, to, but just shoot it. And he hits it. Maybe he's overthinking. And that's an outsider guess there. But whatever the reason, he's been bad the last couple of weeks. He was great before that, though. But he's been bad. He's been in a terrible slump. He doesn't look like himself. He doesn't look confident. He doesn't look like he wants to shoot half the time. That's got to get fixed. If it doesn't, what are you getting for him on the trademark? If he does this for another month and then you're trying to move him mid-January, what's going to happen? That's not going to be good. The Lakers need him to figure this out. And then Jackson Hayes. You know what? I uh, I know players are players are streaky players have their ups and downs and I tend to want to see the best in players I tend to think of what a player can be how a player can fit whether the rather than focus on the things they can't do Jackson Hayes is not it he's not it it doesn't work he fouls too much he makes too many bad mistakes he is athletic as hell he is so bouncy If he was this athletic and a little bit bigger, maybe you got something. A lot of people compared him to JaVale McGee over the summer, and I've been saying it since then. Jackson Hayes is significantly smaller than JaVale McGee. Yes, Jackson is crazy athletic, crazy bouncy. He's got quicker feet than most bigs do. 
but that's where it ends. He's undersized. He gets himself out of position. He fouls way too much. He makes too many mistakes. And if Christian Wood is not getting the meds, by the way, if you are Christian Wood right now and you're seeing Jackson Hayes, which by the way, I thought it was a foul, but get hurled to the ground by Rudy Gobert, like he's not even standing there, like he's not there for a putback dunk. And then Jackson Hayes not pay attention when the ball gets passed to him and just drop it right out of bounds because the ball just hits him. And you're Christian Wood, you're sitting on the sideline thinking, this is the guy that I'm not getting minutes over right now? How do you feel if you're Christian Wood at this moment? There's mo- There's been moments where Jackson Hayes has, had, has done a few nice things for the Lakers over the course of the season. But those have largely been eclipsed by some very subpar play. And this is why I'm not saying that Christian Wood is the end-all be-all. I'm not saying that Christian Wood is the solution. I'm saying as games go by, the closer and closer to the trade deadline we get, the more and more convinced I I am that the Lakers, one of their priorities must be go get a center. And I don't know what that means for Christian Wood. I don't know what that means for Jackson Hayes. I don't know if that means they put get put in a deal. I don't know if that means somebody gets waived. But you've got to have somebody. You have to have somebody that you can rely upon. And I think at this point, Darvin, go back to Christian Wood. At least give him a shot. He shot 37% from three for his career. Bank on the fact that that's going to come back around, even if he's not going to give you much on defense, even if he's not going to give you much on the glass. Jackson Hayes isn't exactly setting the world on fire either out there. There was a point this season when the Lakers' best rotation by a mile was Christian Wood, Anthony Davis, LeBron James. Before you go make a big move, before you go spend assets to go get a backup center, you need to give Christian Wood one more chance here. Jackson Hayes, I think we can say for sure. It's not going to work out. Christian Wood, maybe. Maybe. I'm not saying, I'm not saying ideally. I'm not saying it's likely, but give it one more shot. Then go from there. Most likely, Lakers got to go get another big. Allen Allenson said, this game is evidence we should play LeBron off ball more. The ball movement was effective. Sad loss, but some positives to take away. Your thoughts? So again, the, the positive was, I thought this this Lakers team against the Bulls, there were moments where they just looked demoralized, where they just felt, you know, the Bulls just kept hitting shots and the Lakers couldn't get stops and they got frustrated and you could see it. I was concerned that we were going to get that in like the first quarter of this game. And Lakers would just go, well, without LeBron, whatever. Uh, can we do a running clock, ref? Is that, is that possible? Like that was going to be the attitude from the Lakers. Where do you guys want to go to dinner after this? Like that was going to be what, what we would see. And we didn't. We didn't. That was great. The Lakers, they fought. They played hard. The ball movement, yeah, it was it was a little bit better. But there was still, there was a lot of turnovers too. But that's to be expected without LeBron. I thought all in all, they played better without LeBron than I expected them to. While still admitting that some of the same problems were still creeping up. Joseph said, Wow, imagine having a consistent score at point guard. Couldn't be us. Rui needs to be given the green light to start with LeBron and AD. D'Lo, Max, Jackson Hayes for Zach Collins at this point. Zach Collins? The Spurs? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, wait, that's not right. Are you thinking John Collins? Is that who we're talking about with Utah? Because that money's way off. Anyway, they, they do need another big. There's no question. But I think the Rui thing is interesting. Should Rui be starting? You paid him. He's making, what, like 15, 16 million this season? You're paying him starter money. You need him to step up. And I thought tonight he was he was just fine. Is he better than Torian Prince? Probably. Question that is fit. Torian Prince in this game played 37 minutes. He's been night in, night out playing more than Rui. But Torian's also found his three. Four for four from three tonight. He's suddenly shooting very, very well after being in a bad slump in November. So I don't think you just bump Torian completely out of the rotation. But Rui does have some things that he brings that, that Torian doesn't. And I think you can make an argument that the, the Lions share the minutes when everybody's healthy should go to, to Rui. The question is, do you want to start him? Or do you want to bring Rui off the bench? But I do think that a shift should come in the minutes with Rui getting more than, than Torian. Senpai said D'Lo and Jackson Hayes for Gary Harris, Goga, and a second. I mean, yeah. There are 2020 Bradley and Dwight. I'll pack D'Lo's bags myself and interim for Darvin while we find a new coach. Wow, Senpai is not only proposing a trade here that sends D'Angelo Russell to Orlando, Jackson Hayes as well, but he's also going to fill in for Darvin Ham as the Lakers' new head coach. It's a very generous guy here, Senpai. Um, I don't hate it. I honestly, I would have to do a bit more of a deep dive on Gary Harris before I'd be comfortable with that being the move, right? Because I think the Delos contract is going to be needed in any kind of big trade the Lakers try to pull off. So it's not so much a question of the value in the deal or the skill set fits, because I think both these players do fit what the Lakers could use. But, and with some question marks about do you lose a little too much playmaking with D'Lo going out, but what's the opportunity cost? What else could be out there with D'Lo's contract? That's my only hesitation. But in terms of value, that's not, that's not bad. I mean, you're getting a better big that's going to help you out, especially if you can pick up a second-round pick. Would Orlando do this, though? I don't know. Like, does Orlando look at D'Lo and say, we're a D'Lo away? I don't know. D'Lo, man, has to go, Trev. No more looking on the bright side. What's the definition of insanity? We have so many losing habits. It's not even funny. I like Cam. But, God, he can't shoot. Our starting five is sus, as the kids would say. Cam, three for eight in this game, 0 for two from three. Two assists, one steal, eight points, minus six on the night in 37 minutes. I mean, Cam is Cam and Vando are they're not the exact same, but they're kind of the same guy. They can defend at a high level, they can give you hustle plays, but they're gonna get left behind three-point line. And more often than not, they're not gonna burn teams for doing it. Vando, 0 for three in this game, five boards, 14 minutes. He's admitted that he is not 100 percent and you can see that when he's out there. But he had a couple of times where he's at the rim and it's, he's just too awkward. His finishing there is not good enough. Cam Reddish himself is not a very graceful finisher at the rim. Occasionally, he can glide a little bit and, and you know does a little finger roll thing, but it's a lot of times where he gets just off balance and doesn't look right when he's trying to finish at the rim. So you're kind of you've kind of got the same skill set with Vando and Cam Reddish, which is a little bit of a surprise with what we expected coming in from Cam. I mean, do you start Rui and Torian instead? Maybe that's a question. Is Torian the two instead of Cam? 
Or do you leave Cam and let him keep doing his thing defensively? Lots to consider for Darvinham. Jason Kelly, the 2011 Mavs are the only team in history to win a chip with a four-game losing streak. No team in history with a five-game losing streak has won. Needs some change. Yeah, I mean, we can also say no team in history has won an in-season tournament and then dealt with the energy drop afterwards. Lakers are the only team in history, right? LeBron James is the youngest in-season tournament MVP ever. Saw that going around. So I think that's a an important bit of context that we've got to remember. Now, is this a bad stretch? 100%. It's a bad stretch for the Lakers. Will it always be like this? No, I think it does get better, but we're in a rough patch right now. Don't get around that. And it's not fun. It would be nice to be out of this. It would be nice to be going back to a couple of weeks ago when the Lakers were playing great and hustling and $500,000 were uh, was right there for the taking. But uh, that's not the team we've got right now. And we'll see what they can do Saturday against OKC heading into their big Christmas Day matchup with the Celtics. Davion Nelson, I don't care if he had 17. We lost this game because of D'Lo. Darvin Hand needs to get better rotations because why was Austin out for six minutes in the fourth? Yeah, that's, that's to me, that, look, there's a lot of things that Darvin does that, that fans get upset with Darvin for certain things that I don't think makes a lot of sense, right? Like, people get so, and I know part of it is, it's not entirely serious, but being so upset that Darvin has his hands in his pockets. People get so angry about that as though somehow this is a physical representation of Darvin Ham as a coach that him having his hands in his pockets shows that he's not really involved. He's not really engaged. I mean, what's the alternative? You want him, I don't know, you want him like landing planes all the time or maybe he does Ricky Bobby where he doesn't know what to do with his hands and they just kind of rise up onto the screen. People get so upset over Darvin's hands. But Playing D'Lo this much in this game without playing Austin, who's been significantly better over the last few weeks, is a big surprise. And it makes me wonder, did, did Darvin at one point just say, you know what, this, is, this probably isn't going to go our way. D'Lo, I don't care how badly you shoot. You get out there and keep shooting until we get you out of this thing. Because that's the only way it makes sense, was just, you know what, even if we're sacrificing this game, I have to get D'Lo out of this slump. So go. Otherwise, it makes no sense why D'Lo played minutes, so many more minutes than Austin did. And again, he did go on that little flurry late. If it worked and that got him out of it, this funk that he's in, and next game he's good, great. Congratulations, Darvin Ham. You take your hands out of, the, out of your pockets and give yourself a round of applause. If it doesn't work, though, and that wasn't the goal then what was just confusing Tyler said we win if LeBron plays we gave it our all can't help LeBron decides to take off a must win game uh, LeBron should just leave if he's not going to play okay so there's a couple of things here that we have to talk about um, first and foremost can't help if LeBron decides to take off a must-win game. Well, you don't, you don't know that that's what LeBron decided. You don't know LeBron made that decision. The Lakers, more often than not, it's the team that makes the decision in, in situations like these. And oftentimes it's unfortunate because the players often get blamed, often get labeled as soft or, or even worse if you're Anthony Davis. It's often not the player's decision. Players tend to want to play. Teams, though, will make these kind of choices organizations make these kind of choices and then it gets transferred over to the players. Now, I don't know. Again, you don't know. I don't know. It's possible LeBron went to the Lakers and said, I can't go today. Maybe, but we don't know that. So again, saying LeBron decided to take off this game, we don't know that. The second part though, we gave it our all. And if LeBron plays, they win. I think what we can't do is discount the fact that when a star goes out, that heightens the focus of the other players on the team. Right? I was concerned the Lakers were just going to throw their hands up and go, well, LeBron's out, so whatever. 
That didn't happen. Instead, we saw guys, for the, large, for the most part, pick it up, right? Guys fought, guys played hard, all of that. Would they have done that if LeBron was playing? I don't think it's a guarantee you get the same performance out of this team if LeBron plays, because naturally, there's a little bit of a letdown, right? Hey, LeBron's here. I don't have to put this extra effort in. LeBron's out here. This game, it's, oh man, I've got to be on the ball because if we're going to have any chance to win, everybody's got to be good in this one. So I think that's something we have to consider too, right? Role players, when a star goes out, they tend to pick it up a little bit, get a little bit better. And in the, in the aggregate, you combine all those role players, get a little bit better. And again, it's not the Lakers play great this game, but everybody steps up their game a little bit. Does everybody do that? Does everybody play exactly this way if LeBron was playing? Probably not. So again, I don't know if we can say, yeah, LeBron plays, they they win. I don't know. In the long haul, yes, you'd rather have that star there, of course. And, and that big picture, the role players that step up for a game or two when that star is out, they can do that. But long term, that effect doesn't sustain itself. Mamba mentality. Braun out, penciled this in as a loss. Honestly, I, I had this penciled as a loss before LeBron even went out. I'm surprised we stayed afloat. Me too. If Lakers gave this effort versus Spurs, Knicks, and Bulls were winning those games, that's a good point. If you had played with this effort level against the Spurs, do you win that game? If you play with this effort level against the Knicks, against the Bulls, are you winning those games? Possibly. Now, again, the Bulls were red hot. They just hit shots late. The Knicks, too. But do you win those? Maybe. You felt a little bit more desperation out of the Lakers in this game. There was a point where it felt like they broke, and then D'Lo suddenly hit a couple of shots, and that kind of sustained them through. But the Lakers didn't have this kind of determination last night against Chicago, which is unfortunate. Mission 86. We fought. That's all I can ask. My favorite current Laker kind of started showing signs of life. Let's go get OKC. OKC is not going to be easy. That's going to be a tough game, a really tough one. That's a very good team, just like Minnesota's a very good team. Not going to be easy. Hopefully, the Lakers can get it done. Wicked Bronco. D'Lo had the emptiest 17 points in a game I've ever seen. From October to November, D'Lo averaged 17 points and six assists. In December, he's averaging eight points. Give me Levine ASAP. That Look, even if the Lakers said called up Chicago right now and said, hey, guess what? Adam Silver told us we can trade Rui Hachimura today. We don't have to wait until the 15th. So here's D'Lo, here's Rui, and here's another contract, whatever it's going to be. Send to Zach Levine, and the Bulls go, cool, deal, send it in. The Lakers still wouldn't have Zach Levine. He's hurt. He's out. He's not playing. Probably going to be maybe another couple weeks or so till we see Zach Levine back on the court. And I know you said ASAP. ASAP means January 15th. That's the earliest, realistically, the Lakers could pull a Zach Levine trade. And then the question becomes, are you able to get him for super cheap? And by super cheap, I mean like D'Lo, Rui, Vincent, or something like that. Not throwing in JHS, not throwing in Max Christie, no picks, anything like that. That's probably the best case scenario. But if the Lakers, like Yovan said, truly see Levine as a player that they would be doing the Bulls a favor by taking on that contract, why would the Lakers want to add any kind of capital to that? That says the Lakers think Zach Levine is a negative value contract. And if you're the Bulls, do you want to do that deal January 15th and not just wait until the trade deadline if they're not going to give you any assets anyway? The Levine thing is interesting, but I, I really think... If I'm the Lakers, yeah, I'm listing on Levine and I'm looking to see what the package would cost, all that, all that kind of stuff. But I want to know what else I can get. If I'm going to give up all those contracts and everything, what else could I turn that into? Could I turn that into something that's better than Zach Levine? Is that possible? That's what I'm wanting to find out. I'm not, I'm not resting on Zach Levine as the guy if I'm the Lakers. And maybe that's ultimately the deal that gets done. But I'm leaving no stone unturned, and I'm trying to see if there's somebody a little better out there, a little better fit out there that you can get with that kind of package. Face reality. 
Lakers have the worst bench in the NBA, only Reeves. I mean, when the bench is Vando, who's not really Vando right now, and Jackson Hayes, that's the Lakers bench right now. It's no Gabe Vincent, no Austin Reeves. I'm sorry, Austin Reeves. No, no Gabe Vincent. Max Christie's not in the rotation, and, and he hasn't really stepped up quite to the level that we'd hope. He's shown some progress, though. Not down on Christie. Max Lewis isn't ready. Jalen Chafino's been hurt. Yeah, their, their depth. A lot of the Lakers' depth, what we talked about over the summer, people are saying, what, what happened? Aren't the Lakers supposed to be, have a, be a team with depth? That depth falls apart real quick when you've got a lot of injuries, and then you've had a number of guys who are playing who aren't playing up to expectations. Rui has not played up, up to expectations. D'Lo right now is not playing up to expectations. To start the season, Austin Reeves was not playing up to expectations. Um, Jared Vanderbilt, who's returned, he's not himself. So, like, yes, you've got these guys, but you don't really have them. You've got diminished versions of all of these players compared to what we were expecting to see from them. And that's what has turned a team that looked like they should be pretty deep into a team where you're kind of looking around going, who can we trust right now to have a solid performance? And then a tumbleweed blows by. That's what's happening with this Lakers team right now. Bunch of guys you thought you can count on were hurt, have been hurt, are still hurt. And guys that you thought you were going to be able to count on are not having good seasons. Struggling more than you thought that they would. All right, let me see what else we've got here. We are going to get to the master lock in just a moment. Roma's av aviation. Why go zone in the fourth? Defense was decent in the third. You know, I've seen moments where the Lakers go to zone like out of a timeout, which I don't have a problem with that because typically what's happening then is your opponent goes into a timeout. They draw up a play to attack man because they're expecting man, and then you throw zone at them just to mess everything up. I get that situation, but going zone too often I mean, we've seen the Lakers do it recently, and they're not good at it. it, it it's it's a problem. <coughs> Suits. So y'all begging Trevor to overreact and bash D'Lo is weird. You guys know I tend to not overreact to things. That's not really my personality. Are there moments where I do? Sure. But my my thing is not the ranting and raving and screaming and this is the end of the world or this is the greatest thing ever or whatever that, that we see out there, the hot takes and all that kind of stuff. And that stuff can be entertaining sometimes. That's not really my style. At the same time, though, I don't I don't mind it. You know why? Like, people ask, like, how do you deal with, with fans who ask crazy questions or fans who get so upset and fans who are, are upset that you aren't reflecting their emotional energy right now, that I'm not throwing things. Look, don't get me wrong. If I don't have to do this show, I'm yelling at the TV just like most of you guys are. Right? That's that's certainly a thing. Okay? But the bottom line is that everybody's passionate and everybody has is a fan in their own way. And that's what I love. That's what I love. So it doesn't it doesn't really like if I'm talking to a lot of people and they and they're fire Darvin and trade D'Lo and get rid of this guy and this guy's the worst and then I'm the voice that's saying let's take a step back let's look at the big picture let's get, in, get into all this kind of stuff because that's kind of my thing and that's how I approach things um, I don't mind that people get that energized and that fired up about it because it means that people care it means that people care about this team and that's something I have in common with all of you even if I have a different approach even if I look at the at the team differently that's okay that's okay. We are all connected through that shared passion for this team. And that's that's why this stuff doesn't doesn't phase me. If people are getting upset with the team, people are getting are saying trade this guy or I'm so angry, just get rid of all these players. I understand. That's an emotional response and that emotional response means that there's buy-in. Means that this means something. And that's important. And I'm right there with you in that. I wouldn't be doing this if this team, the, the Lakers, if this didn't mean something to me too. Uh, Joseph, this is actually ludicrous. We need the Warriors to be worse so they buy out Paul. I don't think they're buying out Chris Paul. 
We need someone who can set up AD and someone who isn't D'Lo. So that's one of the things we need to look at. That's one of the things we need to look at is when you trade, when, when you're talking about D'Lo trades, you have to be a little bit careful because you are subtracting a ball handler from the team. So you need to find a way to get D'Lo, get another ball handler back. Doesn't have to be in the same trade, but it needs to be pretty quick. It needs to be pretty quick. You get another player back that can handle the basketball. I don't think you can proceed forward in the season if you trade D'Lo and you don't get a ball handler back. And I don't look at Gabe Vincent. That's not really his, his forte is setting up teammates, handling the ball, being initiator. It's not really what he does. So if your plan is to move forward with Gabe Vincent, Austin Reeves, and then LeBron, of course, as your, your primary ball handlers, I think you're still short a ball handler. So that's one challenge. Like if you're going to go trade D'Lo plus whoever, and you're going to go get whatever, Zach Levine, you're going to go get DeMar DeRozan, whatever it is, I think you need to make a subsequent move to get another ball handler. Because I think then we're going to get into the season, get further into the season. We're going to say, man, they don't have any setup guys. D'Lo has that to a degree. You need to get that back. Easier said than done, of course. Easier said than done to say, trade D'Lo, but also don't lose his skill set. All right, let's get to this. Let's get to... Everybody's favorite segment, the master lock of the night. The master lock of the night, for anybody who's new, the way this works, we take the most annoying moment from the game and we put it in the master lock. Chris, the masterpiece, master's finishing hold. Chat, fire it off. What are you putting in the master lock from this one? Let's go. Master lock of the night. Master lock of the night. What's coming in? Oh, no. Lots of Darvin Ham. I just switched over to the, the chat screen, and there it is. Darvin Ham, Darvin Ham, Darvin Ham. Master Lock back-to-backs? Oh, somebody said Master Lock me for not just saying we need to trade D'Lo? I don't know. I still go back to, like, two weeks ago, people were saying don't trade D'Lo. He's in a slump. I feel for him in that sense. Ham. Master Lock Ham. Master Lock D'Lo. Master Lock losing. Yeah, just losing in general. Master Lock D'Lo playing more than Reeves. Master Lock Matt Peralta. He's not even, he's been on the show in a couple weeks and he's catching strays. Maybe that's why he's catching strays. Master Lock D'Lo. Lakers fans for overhyping the team. Master Lock Jackson Hayes. Master Lock Dylan Brooks. There it is. The obligatory Dylan Brooks Master Lock. Master Lock Darvin's pockets. I think if, if Lakers fans had their had their choice, they would just cut all the pockets out of Darvin's pants. My official master lock, though. <sighs> I'll be honest, it was it was going to be D'Lo, and I think it probably still should be. But he got the master lock last game, last night. But I think it still needs to be D'Lo. Even with that late burst, still 7 for 19 shooting, 2 for 6 for 3, and I, I guess we'll take it. But man, they need him to, to come back. They need him to wake up. They need him to have a solid performance a string of solid performance. I'm not saying he's got to go drop 25, but give us 15 on decent percentages. Give us six assists and two turnovers. Four for six from deep, something like that. That's what you need out of D'Lo, and it's just been a long time since we've got it. And on a night like tonight, you really needed a night when LeBron's out. It's okay, D'Lo's got to step up. We need 20 out of him. And he almost got there, but a lot of it was they were Malik Beasley points. Malik Beasley last season, he'd get hot in garbage time of a game that's already over. And that would kind of inflate his stats a little bit. That was D'Angelo Russell today. Finally got it going, but the game was pretty much over by that point. 
um, which can be even more frustrating for fans when you're watching that. But D'Angelo Russell, I, I think he's got to get it again. The master, like, and Darvin Ham is a is a very fair choice too. If you say Darvin, why is D'Lo playing more than Austin? That's master walk, master lock worthy. Absolutely, absolutely. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, let's see. Cyrex said Jackson Hayes is the worst. At least Sacre was a solid cheerleader. Oh, boy. Now we're comparing Jackson Hayes to Robert Sacre. Man. Yeah. Robert Sacre is what? Top five, probably. At least top 10. All-time Lakers cheerleader on the side. Right up there with, like, Roni Turioff. Remember how fired up he would get? Jackson Hayes, not that. Jay Delgado, D'Lo's problem is not his shooting. It's lack of it's his lack of defense and costly turnovers. By the way, WTF with the schedule in December for the Lakers, the schedule makers did the Lakers no favors this year. They've got all, I think they have the second most, they're tied for the second most back-to-backs in the league. They've got a brutal schedule this year. And every team has a hard schedule to a degree, but the Lakers, I mean, legit, have one of the worst schedules in the league. And that's not its not me trying to overhype things. Or not, like, they, the numbers show it. They've got a horrendous schedule. Uh, the turnovers, uh, he's actually been down in terms of his turnovers based on, uh, on his career averages. He's actually cut down on the turnovers quite a bit. So he has had some costly ones recently, though, some bad ones. And they're particularly bad when he gives the ball away and it's a live ball turnover. Those are so damaging when the opponent gets to run in transition, gets to attack you. At least if it's a dead ball turnover, he fires it out of bounds or something, your defense can get back. But the live ball turnovers, when he loses the ball in a steal, when he dribbles into traffic, when he shouldn't, throws a pass that isn't there and it gets picked off, those are frustrating. But I still think it's it's largely the shooting for D'Lo because he's, it's not just the the shot and the points themselves. I think his whole game drops down when he's not seeing the ball go through the basket. I really think his confidence, the way the energy he's playing the game with is tied to seeing those shots go in. So if you get D'Lo hitting shots, I bet the turnovers drop too. I bet the defense gets better as well. I think you actually solve a number of issues with D'Lo or, or improve anyway, a number of issues with D'Lo if you get those shots to go down. Ace of hearts. So tired of missing rotations, no box outs. Everyone uh, pointing on defense. Why does Darvin like D'Lo more than Austin Reeves? So irritating. Uh, again, agreed. I can't come up with a reason why Austin got less minutes than D'Lo in this one. Didn't make sense. Missed rotations. Bo- yeah, the box outs have been bad all season. They've been giving up offensive rebounds all season long. That's been a big problem. And this one tonight. Uh, not so bad. I mean, they gave up nine offensive rebounds. That's not terrible at all, but five to Rudy Gobert hurt, especially when he's putting a lot of those back up and in 15 points for him. But there have been, there was one that was really bad where Nas Reed came flying in from the wing and knocked a ball free and it became another bucket. And that's where it's damaging, right? Offensive rebounds, you give those up and your defense is completely out of place. And usually you're either going to give up a putback at the rim or an open attempt from three. Either way, it's death in today's NBA when you're giving up offensive rebounds. And so it's a big part of what uh, of something the Lakers need to fix. They need to get better at that. They've improved. They're better than they were, but still something they need to continue to work at for sure. All right, David said, love the effort tonight, but man, we're a mess offensively. Happy holidays to Lakers Nation. Love all you do for Lakers basketball. Well, David, thank you so much. Appreciate that. I am... Uh, coming to the realization that, oh my gosh, Christmas is like days away. I haven't wrapped anything. I'm still frantically cleaning the house, getting ready for um, family to come into town. 
which is happening day after tomorrow. Oh boy, <laughs> it's it's coming up. It's gonna be like the Griswold house here. But I am uh, so I'm scrambling a little bit, but I love this time of year. I really do. But appreciate the kind words there, David. Re, D'Lo is worse to watch than. Oh, can we call him this? I guess he's not a Laker anymore. He can't get offended. Then Westbrook. And the Lakers have no logic. Why sit LeBron against the T-Wolves, but play him against the Bulls, and you still lose? So you're saying that they should have sat him against the Bulls and played him against the Wolves? See, I'd go the other way, personally. I'd sit him in the game that you're more likely to lose anyway and play him in the game that you think you have a good shot of winning. Now, again, that was going into it. Obviously, it didn't work out for the Lakers against the Bulls, but I understood the logic in this case for me anyway all right we'll do one more and then uh and then sean davis is going to be coming up to break down exactly what happened the good and the bad in this game ernesto bittersweet game the tells came early bad rotations bad timeouts uh let's not play delo and austin reeves when we have no bench with lebron out beating a dead horse with delo yeah bittersweet is a great way to, to sum it up because I like the fight that they showed. I like that the Lakers didn't come out and just roll over and say, okay, that's it. We're we're done. No LeBron. We're not going up against the number one team. No, they came out and they competed. They played hard, but bitter. And you lost the game, and we saw some of the similar mistakes that we've seen in the last couple of weeks being repeated over and over and over again. Got to get fixed. And now you got OKC coming up. Doesn't get any easier. Doesn't get any easier. All right, everybody. That's going to do it for me, but the show is not over. Oh, no, no. The post-post game show starting up with Sean Davis. He's going to break down this game a little further. If I did not get to your Super Chat question, I will get to it on tomorrow's show. I'll record it tomorrow. should go out first thing uh, the next morning, so be on the lookout for that. Thank you again, everybody, for joining. Till next time, see ya. And stay safe. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online. Schedule package pickups through the dashboard and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.